0: All right, so so, Bobby here. I mean, would you prefer to be called Rob or Bob?
1: Don't call me late for supper. Just call me Rob. Rob.
0: All right, Rob. <laughs> hey, you know that's that's the way that's the way I've always known you. But uh, quite honestly, now I you know I feel quite comfortable talking to you and uh, you But somebody
1: calls me right. Bobby, has always reminded me of somebody like bobbing for apples, and I just don't fucking dunk my head you don't in the water.
0: Take that. All, right. All right, fair enough. All right, so Rob, it is. So Rob, Rob here for our listeners just tuning in. Rob here, um, you know, he's based out west, and of course, he uh, imports and breeds this amazing, um, you know, breed of canine. Uh, I I've, I was certainly surprised when I first saw it. I, I thought it was kind of like a um, a, a mastiff uh, combined with like. I want to say like Saint Bernard, like like that's that that's kind of the look, and I mean, but much more handsome. And and I mean, I love dogs. Anybody that knows me knows that I love animals, and uh, I can appreciate a good canine. Uh, certainly, uh, over the years in policing, uh, you know, I've seen some fine uh, police officers were- on four legs. Yeah. You, you were a cop. You didn't know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome. <laughs> I knew you are a cop to watch. Thank worry you. All right. All right. <laughs> you know what? Oh, on. man. You're the best. I, no, no. Okay. So, so like once. I was Well, no, no. Well, no, no, dude. Okay. So, so like once upon a time, I. Oh, yeah. Dude, don't worry. I was a cool. Hey, dude, I was a cool cop. All right, trust me, I was, I was. <laughs> all right. I, did, cool. I did my fair share of, you know, uh, watching uh, younglings throw their marijuana down into sewer grates, you know. Uh, you know I
1: was just playing with
0: you, I knew you were. Uh, yeah, cool, I know, I know, I know. But, um... I just-
1: I'm totally working on my comedy routine because when I retire from all this bullshit, I'm trying to like really trying to work on my hook here. Because yeah. I, I love Bernie Mac. I'm probably the only white guy that can do Bernie Mac.
0: Really? <laughs> all right. Well, then you know what? We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get some of your routines uh, on video at some point, or audio at the very least. I wanna I wanna you definitely play people, some of those.
1: They all be hiding and shit with their cheese sandwiches and
0: shit. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'm
1: just sounds... kidding. I'm just. High yeah. high. Okay. Well, we're, gonna, we're what,
0: all right. right no, no, so. no, no, no. no. Hey, dude, dude, honestly be yourself. Uh, it's priceless. Um, but, <laughs> well, but I don't the, think
1: the world is ready for me, man. Uh,
0: well, for thank me. thank God there's only one of you. That's what I that's all I have to say. So, so but
1: I Rob, know, that's what my other other half says.
0: Yeah, you know what? She's a trooper. I don't know. I don't know how how she manages. There's other halves.
1: I'm only talking about I'm only talking about that one part of the inkling in my life, but I have many other halves. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh god. You know what? The feminists are gonna be all over you, buddy. <laughs> all right, dude. So let, all, right. I'm, I'm, I'm all right, I'm cool with that. I'm all right, all right, with that that. You, oh man, always willing and ready for a good fight. All uh, right, here, I'll ride it. All right, here's something. <laughs> so Rob, Rob here breeds uh, this amazing uh, form of canine. Caucasian shepherd beautiful
1: dogs, Okay, so amazing, so so, dogs. so
0: okay. So what? So it's a it's a Caucasian shepherd.
1: Yeah, but of uh, Charka basically means shepherd in in Russian.
0: Okay, all right, and and where and where are these animals like you know originating from? Like, I mean, do you know? Uh,
1: the Caucasus Mountains, the Caucasus Mountains.
0: Okay, which which are located where? For those of us that weren't paying attention in geography class,
1: <laughs> far east Russia.
0: All right, wow. Okay, so you're talking about uh, average weight on a male would be what?
1: Uh, you're, you're looking at it depends on if you have like a, a medium bloodline or a heavy bloodline if you have a medium bloodline they're very agile very quick and very fast they're very good for uh, they're doing like uh, livestock protection work like killing coyotes and wolves and stuff like that yeah so when you have a, when you when you have a heavy bloodline they're 200 pounds plus and a medium is under 200 pounds yeah. so when you take a medium and a heavy bloodline and you mix them you have the absolute perfect working dog
0: yeah. Which,
1: which will hit anywhere from 150 to 180 depending on how you feed them and a lot of people have this misconception of feeding feeding them the uh california diet okay okay, okay. Do, do you follow what i'm saying what's the
0: california diet
1: well they're <laughs> the california diet is everything that you're not supposed to
0: be okay all right <laughs> okay fair enough so okay so they're
1: basically feeding like throats and, and all this other nonsense and stuff. I, I always say, keep it kiss. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah. high protein, raw meat, and a good quality kibble. Your puppy's going to grow really good because they're a fast-growing breed. Yeah. Um, very quick, very fast, you know. So I, I like to get them homes before they start hitting that 60, 80-pound range because yeah. they're already hitting that that weight like at, uh, well, geez. Well, when they're ready to ship home, to their
0: new homes they're already about 45 pounds okay and so
1: they're they're already big pups right
0: yeah okay so so you got a large you got a large animal you have your choices uh you know uh it's a giant breed it's le- a le- massive le- breed le- 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 leviathan uh <laughs> or or fast you know fast moving mako shark like i i, I see i see they i want to say they're 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 not an aggressive breed, but you can tell though that when they start to bare their teeth, like they are a working dog. Like they really. At 10 months
1: old, they start getting aggressive. As soon as they start dropping their nuts, they start, they start getting really hard. They're hard, they're hard, they're hard piping dogs. Like it's not even a, there's no question about it. Like they're, they're a ground and pound. Um, basically like they're a riot control dog. No, they're not a Belgian Malinois where it's going to do a 30 foot jump or anything, anything like that. No. No, but when you have, when you have one, you know what? I've had guys say, "Well, I, I can outrun that dog." No, you oh, can't. Oh no,
0: you can't. <laughs> oh no, you can't. I saw. <laughs>
1: you cannot. There's absolutely physically no way you're gonna outrun this Caucasian. They 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 move and they move fast and they are intelligent. If there's a way out, they'll figure it out. If they know how to open a door, they'll open it.
0: Okay. I'm so, sorry. Okay, so so now uh, I think we've established that you know they 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 can really. Hustle, um, you know, they, they certainly can be an aggressive breed. The, the question I would ask you, Robin, and I think in the interest of, you know, public safety, uh, like, they're not a breed, I think, for everyone. Like, I mean, like...
1: you are not a first-time owner, dog, no.
0: Yeah, you know, I, like, I so, so I would make it clear to our audience that... Um, these these dogs definitely uh, have have kind of a dedicated purpose. Um, you know, they, they seem to be versatile. Like, I mean, you say it's a it's a shepherd. So, does it act as a herding dog as well, or is it strictly like uh, guard detail?
1: Depends on the bloodlines. I mean, there are two different types of bloodlines. I mean, you can have like a livestock protection dog. But my dogs are definitely not, definitely not livestock protection. They're pretty much uh they're they're the guard dog.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen like one pulling on a chain and uh, you know, uh, gripping at the ground and with its head down low, bearing its teeth. Uh, they 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 look like a very powerful uh, animal. And oh that's Kron. <laughs> y- y- oh yeah yeah you know and he he looked i just saw the way he stamped on the ground and pulled on that chain and i thought to myself wow like i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to outrun that like it, it moved pretty no quick. no no absolutely not you're yeah. not gonna
1: it, they have 700 to 800 pounds of uh, bite force so i mean <laughs> so it, so there. whatever so, uh, like a pit bull's got like 200 a shepherd's got 200 and something I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even work in small numbers like that because whatever they bite, they crush.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. So definitely. Um, you know, definitely an animal that is capable of. Uh, you know, inflicting a lot of damage on somebody if they come into the wrong yard, and, and not and not the kind of breed that you'd, you know, want uh, somebody going from a teacup poodle to uh, you know, owning a dog like this. They look fluffy and cuddly when they're young, but they're definitely, <laughs> they're definitely uh, you know, uh, an all-business kind of animal. Well, no, they do. Well, they, that's
1: no, a, that, no, they, it's so funny that you mentioned that, because a lot of people see these little fluffy little little monsters, these little, little oh, things, yeah. you know. They look so cute and stuff like that, but no, it's not, you don't understand the monster you're buying.
0: Yeah, like it, it's, it's it's funny people over the years rob used to ask me you know uh what are you afraid of in terms of dogs you know like as a police officer you encounter them in people's yards and you know at certain calls uh you know you get exposed to potentially guard dogs and i could tell you that uh there's there's really only a couple of breeds that made me nervous and some of them may surprise you like a chow um, I, I, you know, what? Like they, 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 they may surprise you, you know, with how how quickly they will snap at you. I don't care how cu- cute they look or that you know, purpley blue tongue, you know, hanging out. Uh, I always saw uh, responsible owners of chows holding them between their legs with the uh, leash pulled tight. On the elevators that I might get onto uh, as a police officer, I did occasionally get onto them rather than take the stairs as I uh, grew older. And I remember this one lady. Uh, I looked at the dog, and she said, "You may not want to do that." <laughs> and, yeah, okay, I right. know. Like they they can they they can be a snappy breed. You wouldn't know it, but uh, you know Chow's are one. Uh, you know, I really was never nervous around uh, pit bulls and, and Rottweilers the way some people were. Um, you know, I saw some fast moving terriers though in my day. I uh, I was kept out of a yard by. Uh, uh, uh Jesus it was, it was like a jack Russell but it was on crank uh, it was guarding a marijuana field um you know in this guy's backyard probably oh, had him high on meth or something yeah, well I don't know man but like this this terrier honestly I didn't I didn't want to get into the yard with this thing like it was it was like
1: well next week you probably wouldn't want to get
0: into my yard but uh, y- yeah, you know like but but you know, <laughs> but but for the most part you know but for the most part i uh I was smart enough to jingle uh you know jingle fences a little bit before I would go into yards and uh look for the uh, big piles of dog shit uh to you know before I would go into somebody's backyard if I needed to for some reason, uh you know a couple of times I you know had to hold back a rookie. Uh, make sure that he didn't get wiped out by you know uh, Butch. Like I mean, he we can we can corner. go into a we
1: can go into a whole realm of different type of scenarios with these dogs. Um, at yeah. nighttime, they post point, like you know what I mean. Like they'll they'll pick a point and they'll watch over coyotes and stuff like that. Yeah. Or wolf, and they will. They're like snipers. Like honest to God, they they will they will legit like just point, post yeah. point, and that is it. And they they'll pick a spot, and it'll work. And I usually cut 10 dogs out at one time. Yeah. And whenever they catch a coyote or a wolf or something, it's, it's pretty much game over, it's right?
0: It's done, yeah. You know, I don't imagine a coyote would fare very well, or even a group of coyotes uh, would fare very well against one of those dogs. Um, you know, it's. Well, I
1: mean, I, I put 10 of them out there and I just let them go. So, oh, I mean, really? you know, it's.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, do they have a lot of personality? That's always important to owners too. I mean, some people just you extreme, know,
1: extreme as, personalities. They're very independent. They're very strong-willed, and yeah. uh, they they're looking for an alpha male. You know what I mean? Like an alpha personality. Yeah. To run, the, you need to be the alpha in that whole crew. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I can I, I can imagine that it's uh, you know a very specialized animal. Uh, as such, I'm sure uh, the uh, the breeding is. Uh, you know, uh, pure. I, I have no doubt that you brought uh, an incredible animal to Canada. So, so now it's this is coming from like Russia. You're saying?
1: Um, my dogs are from uh, Romania and Serbia. Okay. But oh. they all have Russian Russian foundation.
0: Yeah, that thought so. I, I you know what? I, I knew you were coming out of one of the other uh mm-hmm. former east Bloc countries uh with it yep. and 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 you know there's a lot there's a lot involved you know uh breeding an animal of this well type. everybody
1: thinks everybody thinks oh it's just a dog and you know blah 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 but you know i i, I absolutely i know the people who i get the dogs from okay i speak yeah. four different languages and yeah. i personally have handpicked these dogs and um i've imp- and, you know and people say well why are your dogs so much I, i'm like i don't know well where where you think it's much i've i've paid five thousand dollars for a puppy to come come into canada right
0: yeah yeah
1: and my my prices are probably around twenty five hundred dollars canadian including and not including shipping i mean you know it depends on where we are in canada i mean yeah. i would prefer if the people come and pick their puppy up yeah but i could i could ship it and but if i'm shipping to the us it's a little bit more money yeah. because it's a little bit more hassle, but it's not a big deal. But they're great quality dogs. They're first generation, and anything that I have here is absolutely one hundred percent pure bloodlines. And I don't, I don't, I don't mess with that. You know, I preserve the bloodlines, and they are working dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what I do find is a lot of people in Canada and the U.S. They always want to take a super dog. And they want to cross it with something else. And I'm like, Uh, why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to ruin
0: it? Because, people, some people like to put a Tapco on their SKS. (laughs) That's
1: why. (laughs) But it's it's like, why are you taking a super dog, a super dog that's been bred to be a super dog, and all of a sudden you're taking... I had one guy in Australia, he said he's going to take a Belgian Malinois and breed it with a Caucasian. I'm like, oh, my God goodness what the heck did you just do here well totally different different like they're so different you know i mean like it's like why i'm like thank goodness i never sold you a dog and then he told me i was i was breeding inbred dogs like
0: get out of here Oh god! well you know there's always some people
1: just don't don't like the facts right so well well, in europe they, they take it very serious they have their dog shows they're very serious, you know, and, and they appreciate their dog. It comes from the Eastern Bloc. Yeah. They love the dogs, and that is a pride that they actually have. And here in Canada and the United States, we we want to mix everything to, I don't know, it makes zero sense to me. I mean, well, no. I mean? there,
0: there's, the, hey, listen, there will always be somebody that thinks that they can do it better. You know, trust me, I, uh, I've i certainly seen that over the years. But I, I know you have a real affection for the breed. You have a real respect for the breed. Uh, you know, I, I just thought I'd be amiss if I didn't tell our listeners uh, that they had an opportunity to own one of these fine animals, uh, should they ever decide.
1: Oh my God, you, you follow my Instagram. Like, you watch these guys. Like, I mean, they're, they're, Caucasians are not built the same, there's a lot of dogs. And you look and you go, yeah, Caucasian all of a sudden. But my dogs are all beautiful. I don't care what anybody says. Ah, Oh,
0: hey, you know what? I I, I think they're a gorgeous animal. I I definitely have, you know, seen my fair share of dogs over the years, and I can appreciate a good animal. Uh, You know, they become more than just, uh, you know, pets they become family members to a lot of people uh but yours is a very specialized breed in my opinion and uh, definitely one worth paying for uh for the people out there that uh, could appreciate um you know that kind of performance
1: i I always tell people i go you have to kennel them outside let them do their job because like my dog cobra like the the head guy here i mean he got mad at me one time i was sleeping he actually split my couch in half (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez <laughs> no, well, really. He pulled it. He pulled it halfway through the living room and and bit it. Like it was like two pieces.
0: You yeah. know, I, I. You know what I'm reminded of, buddy. Uh, the uh, the, old, <laughs> the old the old the old 357 advertisement. You know, not your fir- not your first gun. <laughs> right? For for the people out there that are you know thinking about getting one of these types of animals, uh, definitely not your first dog, and uh, certainly uh, you have to be of the uh, correct mindset. And uh, I, I think it's really important that people understand that you know these are a performance animal and uh, definitely uh, you know require uh, you know serious ownership. So anyway. Uh,
1: they have the stopping power of 357
0: minutes, <laughs> you're, you're funny hey listen uh, you know what? I mean, hey, 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 hey I'll tell you what Mark
1: What? Um, I'll, bring, I'll bring my boy out there if you don't believe me we'll put a bite suit on you and. Uh, oh we'll
0: you no, he, thank man, you. no thank you no thank you that's the last thing I want to do is climb into any you know what buddy if it isn't a suit of armor I still I'm not sure I would trust it uh, I think maybe we'll, well I'll, I mean, I'll, know, I'll take I'll take your word for it we'll saying, put up,
1: I mean he'll put you on your ass pretty
0: damn oh <laughs> god well, you know what? I'm really looking forward to meeting Cobra one of these days and uh, certainly looking forward to getting together with you. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, call it quits now with you and I'm going to uh, give you a shout a little bit later, okay, buddy? So that's, that's going to conclude that point of the podcast. All right, well, listen, we'll talk right. soon, okay?
1: You betcha, brother. All right,
0: thanks for, thanks for tuning in and definitely uh, you know being part of this, brother. I really do appreciate it.
1: It's been a, it's been a pleasure, brother.
0: Always, always. Talk soon, okay? All right, now Rob, uh, Rob and I—we uh, don't go way back, but uh, I definitely came across his page and saw saw this fantastic breed, and uh, definitely saw, you know, some potential in it. And uh, Rob's a real character, uh, definitely uh, definitely an interesting guy to talk to, and certainly a lot of fun. And uh, he's turned into a bit of a friend. Anyway, for the uh, people that are just tuning in uh i think i'd be amiss if i didn't talk about some of the news i haven't done one of these solo podcasts in a while i know you guys have been asking for it and uh it's been a while i like having other people on the show because it gives me a break i I can stop talking for a second so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna just dig in here and just go to the top of the feed because there's always something in the news so what's going on lately Oh yeah. So there's a committee meeting, you know, that's uh, being videotaped and broadcast. And, uh, I guess, you know, as, Oh, I have to answer that a little bit later. Oh, lost him. You yeah, know, this is what happens when I try and work too many things at once. So anyway, <clears throat> So Pierre Poulivier is a uh, you know, conservative member of parliament who's holding, well, he's, he's part of this meeting that is going to make some inquiries into the redacted um, emails relating to the Wee scandal that uh, nobody wants to deal with. Uh, Justin Trudeau tried his best to avoid uh, any further uh, embarrassing moments uh, from being revealed during the we scandal investigations by shutting down Parliament which is tantamount, amount in my opinion to a guilty plea but not only does that happen uh, they want to see the documents uh, you know unvetted and I guess this first committee meeting uh, was supposed to address that and the chair suddenly turned off the meeting and muted it even though Pierre Polivier was uh, taking over the meeting and had already advised the chair that he did not have the ability to uh, suspend the meeting. And yet it was just shut off, which is really, really kind of sad to watch. And of course, they're back in Parliament. And for everybody out there that's pulling their hair out, thinking to themselves, you know, why can't we do something to stop this? I I can tell you, um, if we install a new conservative government, we're definitely going to address the issue of making sure that this shit never happens again. With a new body of rules that will uh, address all the issues uh, that have come to light during the last five years of liberal power in Canada. Um, Additionally, of course, uh, Toronto, Peel region, and Ottawa have decided to uh, shut down gyms, movie theaters, and indoor dining in Toronto and Peel and Ottawa for a period of 28 days. Now, You know, if you're like me, your first thought was probably 28 Days Later. <laughs> That's a zombie classic. They're fast moving in that one. That's a, it's a great movie. And uh, that, that was me. And then I realized it actually kind of coincides with the uh, completion of the American election. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. I mean, we're seeing the numbers. Um, you know, for the people that don't like when we talk about COVID, it's something that we do have to discuss. Um, now it seems the WHO is not recommending lockdowns for the damage that they'll do to the economy. That uh, that comes out of nowhere. And uh, <laughs> like it, it's it's just one thing seemingly after another. And let's see. Oh, yeah, Eddie Van Halen died (sighs) You know, like that I gotta admit, you know, like I was not a big Van Halen fan But, you know, I'm like every other kid in the 1980s You know, I jumped around to that song And bounced off, you know, the the couch I don't know how many times to it Uh, I think one of my siblings may have gone through a coffee table at some point. Um the 80s were different. Uh safety was not as big a consideration. And uh during this period of time there was this song, Jump, uh, performed by a group. Uh, you know, and Eddie Van Halen uh, you know was an amazing guitarist. And uh, you know, seeing him with the you know, cigarette hanging out of his mouth, I mean it was definitely the eighties and you know, the long hair and the rock and roll. It was uh, you know, definitely an exciting time to be alive. I'm uh, just looking here. Oh, we took delivery from uh, Dominion Outdoors today. I'm uh, really excited the uh, my last outing with Dr. Evil and uh, Black Powder Dave completely destroyed um a gong. I you know, I'm not going to say what caliber punched a hole right through it, but uh you know, it was a good gong. It lasted a good long time. I uh, I can't believe anything as was that kind of punishment. So, eventually uh of course we found that uh There was a caliber we could get to go right through it. And uh, now it's uh, destroyed. So I needed some new uh, gongs. And I had looked at Dominion and saw that they had this uh, really cool little selection, you know, of new gongs just in stock. And uh, they're uh, definitely running their uh, 10-year anniversary event. So that's Dominion Outdoors at five eighty-five First Street, Winkler, Manitoba. So if you're out Manitoba way, and uh, you want to stop on by? It looks like a great store. I'm uh, really looking forward to making a pit stop there on my next uh, trip out. <clears throat> it's been a while since I've been out west. I uh, I miss seeing Bugsy, and uh, definitely got to stop by and see uh, Big Wyatt, Shay, and uh, Little Gunner, and uh, get out to Alberta. Uh, you know, and Manitoba. Manitoba's got a few people I'd like to see. I uh, <laughs> I definitely uh, definitely am looking forward to making that trip when uh, when it's possible we certainly do have a lot of things going on around here right now and uh, not the least of which is an injunction apparently was filed by the ccfr and the uh, legal battle for your firearm rights and uh, you know for those of you that don't know you know injunction kind of holds things up now to what degree i don't know Uh, it may be wishful thinking but I i guess it might be possible to do more than just hold up you know, uh, the confiscation, like we might be able to use our ARs again, like, wouldn't that be neat? I had never considered that. Uh, you know, I, 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 thought about an injunction quite some time ago, but, uh, it was nice to see it filed and to hear that it had been filed by the CCFR. And, uh, mm-hmm. so lawyers are... They're fighting the battle, and uh, if we get a chance to use our AR-15s and all the other guns on that prohibited list again, I can tell you right now, uh, there's going to be a lot of happy people, um, or a lot of people calling in sick to work <laughs> that week. Um, I can't even imagine. You know, like what would be the first thing you would take out if they turn the switch the other way? Like, I mean, if you could take all the prohibs that you used to take out back out, what would you take? You know, that's, uh, that's a question I want answered. I definitely, uh, in, you know, look forward to Forbidden Fridays at the Canadian Gun Vault on the Instagram and Facebook page. But uh, it has become, you know, a pretty sad time for Canadian firearm owners here in Canada. Some of our favorite guns are on that list. It would be really nice to start using them again. There's really no reason why we shouldn't be able to. And to top it all off, a precedent has been set with the indigenous people being allowed to continue to use theirs for the purposes of hunting. Anybody that doesn't see that glaringly obvious point of interest uh, really isn't looking too hard. But uh, nothing against the indigenous people. I just think that that's great. That uh, obviously the government recognizes that what they possess is suitable for the purposes of hunting, they use it as such. Uh, There's a lot of people that do, uh, beyond the indigenous communities, that enjoy using many of the items on those lists for the purposes of hunting. You know, uh, to see great rifles, modern rifles, because that's all they are, folks. Um, you know, they're not any more dangerous. They're not any more lethal. They all hold five rounds. You know, these rifles, these assault rifles that everybody keeps talking about. I mean, the truth is, is they're really no different than any other hunting rifle. Uh, they had their magazines you know restricted back in the 90s and you know none of them are supposed to hold uh, over five rounds you know there are ten round exceptions for pistols and that's the way it's been for many many years and legal gun owners have not been any demonstrable part of the criminal problem so you've got a group of people that always obey the laws and uh, those items are used and safe uh, you know stored safely and uh, are seemingly never used in crimes, and those people have paid good money for them. Uh, they're they're the equivalent of their form of golf or fishing or any other activity that you really enjoy and love and invest a lot of money in. That's you know that's what firearm ownership is to many Canadians in this country. And for the people that don't own them and want to own them and can't get their licenses fast enough, uh, I'll tell you, the the people at the offices I'm sure are working um, you know quite feverishly to get them all done. Um, You know, eventually they'll get to you. Uh, For all the people that seemingly are waiting too long for their transfers on their restricteds, uh, you know, they're pretty swamped, at least in the Ontario office. And, uh, you know, despite the uh, common belief that perhaps they've been told to slow things down, I don't believe that's the case. I think that just more people than ever are buying and selling and enjoying their guns. You know, and that's something that's gone on for quite some time in Canada without much problem although if you ask the liberal government and the mainstream media they'll tell you that you know guns are definitely a problem and uh, that somehow there's going to be an improvement made to public safety by uh, taking guns away from good people that have never broken any rules it really does kind of fly in the face of everything that's reasonable especially when there's no evidence to support doing it Uh, you know the Police Chiefs Association said there was no merit in confiscation of firearms or bans, and so here we are. They said they would listen to the experts, but they completely lied. And they got, like, one survey held over, like, a three-hour period or something like that. You know, 1,600 people in an Angus Repole said you know, 6 out of 10 wanted some improvement to gun control, so they, they waved that statistic around in people's faces. But the truth is is that, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, other surveys where, you know, most people, and you know, to the tune of 75 or greater in many cases, you know, in the 90s, you know, percent people think that the gun laws are just fine. We don't need to change anything, no matter how badly they geared the question, you know, to, to come up with a desirable, you know, seemingly a desired income uh, uh, outcome. It was really kind of sad to watch all these new me- news media groups, you know, uh, wording surveys in like three or four parts so that they could achieve, you know, the most division of our grouping of people. And yet every single time we like squashed it, nailed it, crushed it. Like, I mean, I, I watched, you know, all these surveys. You guys were great, you know, sending them in to me and uh, keeping me on top of this. But we crushed all of them. I mean, like just, you know, not us as a community, but like, I mean, just everywhere, Canada, you know, like it became abundantly clear in all these surveys that people get it. Like you really have done uh, a fantastic job, folks. I got to tell you, getting your friends and neighbors and, you know, colleagues and coworkers, workers uh, you know, spouses out to the firing lines. I've really uh, seen it. I can tell we're having an impact on the, uh, the public. Uh, the public's perception uh, of the uh, gun culture here in Canada is changing dramatically. Uh, that's, that's the sense I'm getting people are starting to really appreciate that there's a, you know, um, a longstanding, uh, use for firearms in Canada that is legitimate. And, you know, that that's, you know, proven every day with, you know, 2.5 2.5 million license holders and so few problems. Like we really do have a system in Canada that already works, and it really doesn't need too much tweaking. Other than maybe you could relax a little bit. There's are some areas that you know could be streamlined, and certainly there's some ambiguity and some uh, you know vague gray areas that need to be addressed. Uh, you know, I, I see the Firearms Act being completely rewritten with public safety in mind in the uh, in the near future when we install a conservative government you know uh you know anything is better than you know jagmeet singh and justin trudeau's liberal ndp coalition whatever movement this is that we're seeing um you know really really disappointed to see that jagmeet not surprised but really disappointed to see any man drop so low uh, obviously and blatantly uh you know to support a move like shutting down all investigations in the Wii, like wow, shady as fuck, <laughs> you know. And and right below us, of course, we've got the Trump elections in full swing, and of course, you know, um, Donald Trump uh, contracts coronavirus, and we're we're hearing from the left, you know, the most horrible. <laughs> You know, of commentary like, I hope you die. Like, good, good, you got it. Like, I mean, I can't believe, you know, people. There's a, I'm so disappointed and ashamed that there are people out there that are so twisted that they would wish death on somebody. Like, I mean, if you ever wondered who to vote for, and you look at like, you know, the types of people that gravitate towards, you know, each group. You know, like it really always, always seems to be coming from the left, you know, uh, horrible, you know, treatment uh, of people and, you know, the complete opposite of, you know, encouraging freedom of speech, Um, you know, like just nasty sometimes people. And that's not to say that all people on the left are nasty. I just think that a lot of people, um, you know, should be aware that you know, what you're reading in the mainstream media and what actually seems to be happening seem to be completely different things. Like, and, and this is something that fascinates me. I watch, you know, I watch people so blindly, you know, believing what the mainstream media tells them uh, to believe. Like, I mean, it's, it's frightening to watch, you know, orange man bad. Like, I mean, it's, it's, If you actually watch and listen to Donald Trump, like, I mean, I I don't think he's that bad, like, at all. Like, I think that he seems like a decent guy. He seems to have the country's best interests at heart. He's, you know, fulfilled a lot of his promises, despite what you may read. And, like, after four years of, you know, impeachment hearings and, like, nothing, you know, to show for it, like, it really seems kind of unfair to continuously paint this guy. As an idiot, because he doesn't seem to. In fact, it seems like his opposition uh, appears to be guilty of everything that they've accused him of, which is like incredibly narcissistic, you know, in its nature. But um, and that's what we keep seeing from the Democratic left. Uh, they, they continue to do things for no other reason than to try and cause this man grief and to prevent him from doing his job or attempt to remove him from office. The the latest is this 25th amendment that he's unfit because he he caught COVID. So now he must be unfit, you know, as a result of the uh, medications they put him on. Like, I mean, they're just pulling out all the stops. Um, it it does make me very nervous to uh, hear the types of questions coming, uh, from, uh, you know, the, the debate moderator, if you want to call her that, um, you know, asking if the transition of power would be a peaceful one. And, I mean, certainly that, you know, that that's a very loaded question if there ever was one. But it, it's, it's, it is a valid one, given the fact that, you know, the country should know what's, you know, potentially about to happen. Uh, the left is going to lose their minds if Donald Trump wins. And quite honestly, the way I see it, if— uh, <laughs> If Donald Trump loses, it must mean that it was rigged so terribly. And I mean, you might think I'm a fool for saying that. But I mean, if you watch, if you actually watch, you know, independent news sources, if you read the articles that we put up, it's pretty obvious why the left has been working so diligently to try and gain control and censor the Internet. I mean, truth be told, they're actually doing a great job. Uh, If you haven't encountered censorship uh, on, on Instagram yet or the fact checkers, you know, if they haven't hit you uh, for making a you know a joke that sounded a little too much like it didn't agree with the uh, narrative that the uh, left would like to have everyone believe, you know, the limitation of reach uh, certainly. You know, I'm having trouble with my repost apps all of a sudden. Isn't that interesting? And, uh, you know, like, I think one out of every 10 manages to work now. So, I mean, and I actually had a friend contact me the other day saying he was having trouble logging on to conservative sites. And, you know, thought to myself, like, yeah, the tech giants have definitely been accused of, of you know, um, giving, you know, these left-leaning uh, politicians the, you know, the digital support they need uh, by kind of restricting the flow of, information, you know, and content that might be right-leaning or, heaven forbid, the truth. Um, You know, like, we see so many changes regarding, like, things like COVID and, uh, you know, the the, the amount of information that people are actually, uh, you know, asked to consume, like the, the, the news feed comes out and it's gone. It's gone fast. Like there's so many things that happen in the news now so quickly that it's, it's really easy to, you know, completely bury like the, we scandal, people have almost forgotten about the, Wii scandal already. It, it hasn't been that long. And, you know, that's how fast, you know, news kind of goes in one year and out the other. And uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, topics that probably would have been worthy of, you know, months of good news, you know, like the, uh, the Kokanee Groper incident involving Justin Trudeau. Like, I mean, I, I was really fascinated by that one. The mainstream media, you know, especially during, you know, these Me Too movement, uh, you know, at times, you know, to see the mainstream media completely ignore that Justin Trudeau apologized to a young girl, apparently for groping uh, groping her. He denied it, of course, initially, but then um, that became, you know, yeah, there was contact, but, I mean, like, the, you know, she didn't have a problem with it. No, okay, she was the person that complained, and I apologized to. Yeah, okay, well, men experience things differently than, you know, So, you know, the answer, I'm trying to remember what it was exactly. Don't quote me on this one, but I think it was something to the effect of, you know, sometimes... You know, an experience by a man that might be he might consider completely benign. You know, is something completely different for a woman. And I'm thinking, what? Right? The allegation is is that you groped this person, then found out she was part of a news media group, and then apologized, saying you never would have treated her that way if you'd known she was a reporter. And and the news doesn't even want to touch it. You know, like that. That's the prime minister of our country. Like, if that isn't newsworthy, I don't know what is. And so I sat there and watched that kind of like. Pfft, you know, evaporate into the, you know, nether. And and I, and I began to realize that, you know, if you have a complete control over the media, you can really kind of determine what people see and don't see, even without, you know, any form of real censorship. You can kind of, you know, optimize when things get put into the public's eye. And uh, it, it, like that kind of supreme control over the flow of input you know, into people's minds is, is supremely powerful. And, you know, for governments to want to have control, of that, especially governments like this one, you know, uh, I know podcast Brian has often compared it to, you know, the other banana republics of the world. You know, it's, it's becoming, you know, very frightening to watch how far the liberal politicians and now the NDP are willing to go to test uh, what Canadians are willing to put up with and uh you know seeing more and more every day you know a behavior that i never would have imagined coming from you know canadian politicians like i've seen some incredible you know uh, feats of courage uh leona alislev crossing the floor uh you know pierre polivier every day fighting like a like a junkyard dog loving that guy um you know, Michelle Rumpel, absolutely hats off, uh, doing some great things, uh, really, really hard times for the people out there at West. I'm uh, I'm really feeling for them. But, uh, you know, our, our liberal government in Canada seems to be so wildly out of control. Something needs to be done. You know, like I'm, I'm getting more and more every day from people saying, like, why, why can't we stop this? Like a lot of people that didn't seem to realize what was going on seem to be waking up. And it's really refreshing to, you know, get people coming to me saying, you know, you were right about all that shit. And I hate being right about things like this, but definitely there's a there's a problem, you know, here in Canada. Um, You know, there's there's a bigger one brewing in the United States. Uh, Civil unrest is reaching the point where, you know, we're teetering dangerously close uh, to the edge of uh, witnessing what appears to be the beginnings of a possible civil war in the United States. You know which it happens to be you know the like the largest gun store in the world uh, just to the south of us so like I mean don't think for one second that that shit couldn't spill up here you know uh, we definitely have seen you know our fair share of cop bashing lately um, you know I've noticed that there's been kind of an uptick you know in the uh, hate on police we went pretty quickly from banging pots and pans every night at 730 to uh, hating on the cops pretty hard you know and the idea that you could defund you know, a group of people that are already spread so ridiculously thin. Um, You know, it's it's been my experience that most services are terribly short-staffed, you know, and under-equipped, and, you know, there there are people out there that would argue, like, why would we give them better equipment if we're worried about them in the future? I think that it's important, and I always will, that we support our uh, frontline police officers and realize that administrators and the brass... Uh, the leaders of the organization may be making decisions all the time that compromise their officers and uh, the public, it seems. Uh, there's been uh, quite a few occasions where I've questioned the leadership of these organizations. You know, but we will forever be uh, very, very supportive of the frontline men and women of our law enforcement, EMS, firefighters, paramedics, corrections, border services. You know, hell, even the RCMP. And I didn't forget the Ontario Police. You guys out there, Jesus, when I went to college, they were ironing their Stetsons and their bootlaces. You guys are nuts. Anyway, that's about all the time I have for tonight's podcast, folks. I think we're rolling up here on about 45 minutes, which should make Canadian Limey happy. Sorry, Grandma. I wasn't going to get through this entire podcast and not mention you. Hope you've enjoyed it, folks. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.